everyone. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about depression and anxiety just because it's a thing for me, so I have experience with it, and I've been in and out of therapy um, <clears throat> during my life, and also want to talk about it as it relates to uh, a lot of the other stuff I talk about on this podcast, which is um, how our heart space, uh, feelings and emotions seem to have an effect on the world around us, um, that, and I want to talk about those two things, the the last part about our thoughts, emotions seeming to have an effect on the world around us, I think is outside the accepted realm of psychological discourse regarding depression and anxiety, and also, um, yeah, I, I just, so... I want to talk about that because I do think that's what's happening, but I also could see how it be, could be very unhealthy um, or can be treated unhealthily. Um, and I didn't want to... I didn't want to say anything or, or mislead anybody about other paths I've taken in my life or had to take in my life that led me to this point where I have my current conceptualization so I think there might be some things that I've learned along the way that I haven't really talked about here at all um, that came far before uh, what I would say was my weird mystical moments of 2017, 2018. Um, so uh, that would be cognitive behavioral therapy. Um and also, I'll say I... Well, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, I was going to say I don't take antidepressants or anxiety medication, but I do think those could be helpful if you need to take them. Um, and I i mean, I've even... After learning more about them, I've considered me possibly taking them, but... <coughs> I guess I'd rather... Um, I just don't think I'm at a point where I totally... Um, I guess I guess I guess it's like I've kind of worked with a therapist and they didn't say it was totally necessary for me and um, and so yeah I, I'm kind of going at it without doing that but I think that if you did use those I think you could I think cognitive behavioral therapy with antidepressants is just as helpful as without and um, and I, I know and, and so yeah. The other thing I do want to really emphasize, and, and I and I want to make it really clear, is as far as traditional science goes on these issues, I really think the imagination creates reality type stuff um, it is, is not verified. Like, it's not science. It's, it's almost impossible to test that. And so that's why I have this podcast where I talk about my own personal experiences with it. Because in my in my assessment of the situation, it's highly personal, like deeply personal, and almost all the time synchronicities and what seems like tasks set out before me are very personal, and they're about like 
learning about my psyche and stuff like that. So, um, and it's also difficult too, because like, I mean, life's just really hard. And so, I don't know. Um, sometimes things can be really, really tough. And, um, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't know. That's why I was always so on the fence about the imagination stuff. Um, yeah. So anyways, back to the cognitive behavioral therapy. So I first went to a therapist when I was 24 or I was probably either 23, probably just turned 24, um, to deal with the main problem was suicidal ideation and, um, just trigger warning. I'm going to talk about suicidal ideation. Um, I, um, struggled with it as a teenager, uh, thought about it a lot, killing myself a lot, um, and at the time I was like, you know, I kind of blamed Kurt Cobain, I was like, he made it so that, I just remember when I was in 13 or 14, I was 13 years old when Kurt Cobain killed himself, um, as a seventh grade, and... Um, I just remember then kind of thinking it was like the ultimate F you, you know, the ultimate fuck you to like corporate, corporate life. And, um, which isn't pleasant. I mean, American corporate life is not pleasant. Corporate everything, corporate music, corporate record, (laughs) corporate record labels, corporate, corporate buildings, corporate cities, everything, corporate families, um, and, uh, <coughs> um, so that kind of, like, planted the seed, and it's not Kurt Cobain's fault, obviously, um, and it wasn't until I became a teenager where it started, like, becoming, like, a real issue, and, um, then when I got into college, my freshman year of college, it was, like, pretty bad, with architecture school, um, just, I, I thought about it a lot, um, and, um, yeah, I even, um, made a small attempt, um, when I was in my fourth year of architecture school after a particularly bad, uh, architectural critique, and, um, which are the critiques in architecture school, I don't, probably most people aren't familiar, but basically you pin your drawings up and your designs up in front of, uh, it's like your final for the semester, but instead of taking a written test or an exam, you have to present your work to other professors beyond your professor, like other professors and uh, other professional architects from the community or even famous architects from, like, I went to school near Chicago, so architects from Chicago would come, and it was really stressful. Um, you'd prepare for these things, and it's a critique, so basically you would basically have your work criticized, uh, <laughs> by these professionals, and you'd have to 
kind of defend it, but if you defended it, I mean, it was just kind of like they just tear into you more. So it's like, just kind of just sit there and be like, yeah, you're right. This part of it sucks. This sucks. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't pleasant. Um, anyways, I had a particularly bad one. And I just felt like an idiot. And, which I'm not an idiot. I was, I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm talented at what I do. Um, and I just had a particularly bad, most of my critiques that usually went pretty good. Um, but this one in particular didn't. Um, so anyways, I have to stop recording, but I'll get back to it. So anyways, um, I don't know if the first half of what I was just saying got recorded. If not, that kind of sucks. I'm going to have to go back and record it. Um, but if it did, I'm just going to keep going. So anyways, I was talking about bad review, architectural critique, review I had in school. Um, and I made a, an attempt uh, to kill myself after that. Um, I didn't go through with it. I didn't think it was going to be right. Part of the reason was I was getting married and I didn't want people to think that I was killing myself because I didn't want to get married. Um, that was one of the things that kept me from doing it. Um, and um, anyways, shortly thereafter, I did get married and... Uh, started work working. Uh, this was like I was I was uh, 22 at the time, and um, um, when I started working, the anxiety was like it was bad in architecture school. But because of the way I was raised and um, just the kind of person I am, I'm very sensitive and very sensitive to uh, wanting to be do a good job, I guess. Um, I never really wanted to be, quote-unquote, a bad person, whatever that means. But I just, I just didn't... I don't know. Like, I didn't, like, enjoy doing things that were bad, I guess. I don't know. Like, I had this narrative of, like, wanting to always, like, be a good person. <laughs> um, and I think those terms now, I mean, are kind of really loaded and maybe not great. But um, <coughs> back then, I mean, that was a thing. And, like, part of it was that if somebody's paying me, I want to never make a mistake. And I have a lot of still to this day have a lot of anxiety related to that of having to deal with fuck ups um if I'm uh if I make a mistake uh which is going to happen in my line of work um it's not even a question of you won't it's a question of when and um so yeah, I had a lot of anxiety at my work, and uh, that's when the suicidal ideation got really bad. Um, shortly after I started my first job, we found out we were going to have a baby, and we did. And I was like 23 years old. Um, and then I really um, 
could not and would not uh, kill myself. Um, but the suicidal ideation kept going. It was very strong. And um, so I went and got some therapy. And that was scary to start, but um, really helpful. The first thing the therapist told me, and I guess I'm saying this to anybody who has not had any therapy. Um, I was like, nobody likes me. <laughs> I'm a loser and all these negative stories. And he was like, why do you think that's the case? And he just started drilling down immediately on these negative self-talk uh, patterns that I work up inside myself and um, I think um, that's the first thing um, is that the mind creates stories that are inaccurate okay so this is where it's getting weird because like um, it is really weird because I know the nature of this podcast is that your imagination a big thing I talk about is that your imagination creates reality and that's I think part of the stories that our mind makes um, your mind your perception of the world serves up the story that like your mind is creating uh, so much of everything is perception like if somebody so I was watching this thing on YouTube where this psychologist was talking about depression and uh, he's like um, you know he said um, if you call somebody and uh, you call them at 10am and they don't get back with you and now it's 10pm and they haven't called you back um, you have you know a decision to make about why they didn't call you and he's like, and a person with depression would probably say, well, they didn't call me back because uh, they don't like me. You know, I'm not a worthwhile person to call back. And and then you'd go to the much larger story. It's like, I'm just not a worthwhile person at all uh, to anybody. Um, and... Um, those are roads that I travel often, <laughs> mentally. And what the cognitive behavioral therapy did with that, those first sessions with my first therapist, which I wasn't able to do for that long, but it just started... I had had a story like that that was so ingrained. Like, I just assumed that was the case. I, I'm still dealing with it today. I just talked about in yesterday's episode... I feel like I'm a loser. Um, it's because I've played out this negative story so many times. And it might be kind of clear, but there's a billion other reasons why I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Um, just logically, I can look at it. One of them is that I'm kind of have a little bit of Asperger's. Um, and so I, I'm just I'm just a socially awkward kind of person um, in some ways. 
And so, like, looking at it now from 40 years out, looking back on my 10-year-old, 8-year-old self, 14-year-old self, 13-year-old self who got picked on a lot, like, yeah, I didn't, and I didn't need to, like, create these kinds of stories um, that were, that were deeply negative. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons why, there's so many reasons why, um, these stories get created and not the least of which is that we're surrounded in an environment of supermodels and (coughs) heroes in movies that are just completely unrealistic. Um, that's one of the reasons I record this podcast because I, I try to be as, trying to be as real as possible. Um, and like, um, yeah, that, that's like easily, I mean, I just, you know, I was raised, raised in this system and, um, you know, I was raised in a system where athleticism, uh, went, counted for a lot more than intellectual ability and, or if it was intellectual ability is your ability to remember facts and I, I'm not great at that. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, so I didn't really fit in with the smart kids and I, and athletically I I am awful. (laughs) Like, I don't, it's, it's like, I'm like, I'm weak and uncoordinated. And so like, it's just, uh, I didn't, I didn't get the genetic luck of the draw with those things. So like, um, yeah, I mean, it was tough for me. So like, anyways, but you know, this first therapist I went to was able to be like, you know, you're not just, just observe like why and he gave me a list of like CB cognitive behavioral therapy, like uh, questions to ask myself when I come up with a statement about myself as a result of like a social interaction to like kind of go down and um, see if it's correct. Um, so that was the first seed that got planted. Um, and so I, like I said, I was able to go to him for probably six months and then I had to stop because, uh, I just didn't have money for it. And, um, we were very poor as I'd mentioned in other podcasts, um, at the time. And so, uh, even though I probably really needed the therapy, um, but, so fast forward, um, to 2016, 2016, 2000, I think it was 2016, maybe then 2015, I started going to another therapist here in the city I live in now, and I told him, also, I, I didn't really want to take medication, and that's not to say that medication isn't good or necessary or helpful. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with it, so I can't say, but... Um, I don't think it's, I do not think, I just want to say that again, I I do not think it's a bad thing to take medication. um, But one of the things I did tell therapists is I wasn't really comfortable taking it. And so he was like, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, you have to meditate. And so um, I started meditating with headspace meditation, and that really helped me on kind of a cognitive behavioral therapy path to really question my interpretation of events when how I'm like thinking they go those events go 
Um, and so, uh, the second thing, so, so, so I started meditating. Um, I would highly, highly recommend meditation to anyone who's dealing with anxiety or depression. Um, there's a bunch of free stuff online, mindfulness meditation. Just Google that. Um, the best, I don't know, I think just really simple counting is, is a really great way to start. Headspace has free, they used to have free meditations, like 10 sessions for free. I went ahead and paid for it. Um, it was like $70 for a year, which did not seem very bad at all at the time. So I went ahead and paid for that. And it was really, <coughs> really helpful. Um, and so, and I think the meditation is a big reason why some of the stuff I say now on this podcast where I'm like, feel your feelings. Um, I mean, I'm talking about observing your feelings. Um, and it's also from this observation that I've come, kind of come to these belief systems that like the outside in a lot of ways mirrors the inside. Um, and I don't mean it in this like way. I don't. I just like want to be very clear. Like, people in your life will die and pass away, and car accidents will happen, and bad things happen. And it doesn't have. I don't think it has anything to do with like like you created that for yourself. I guess. Like, if any in any cognizant way. Like, if you just had like a happy output, happy outlook, like. Stuff, better stuff would have happened. I think that's like <clears throat> a toxic way to look at this stuff. Um, it's highly toxic. We, you don't. It's not. And I think it also gets back to this Charles Eisenstein stuff about force. It's like you can't use this manifestation ideas about the nature of reality and the interconnectability of matter in the and mind. In a, in a kind of forceful or mechanical way. Um, it's like what I was talking about in some of my very first episodes about falling back into the arms of God. The, the universe and, and matter, I think, is so... Um, so deeply interconnected and complicated that you can't, like, control it with, like, an iron fist. Um, but you can sit back and and recognize toxic thought patterns that may not be correct. And I, and I do also believe that once you start on that path, you're going to serve yourself up more situations that are going to trigger those toxic thought patterns and give you, a, give you an opportunity to watch those thought patterns and to feel that thought pattern and understand how maybe that thought pattern was unhealthy that you were holding about yourself. Um... And then hold it in a more healthy way. Um, and hold it in a better way for yourself. So, I think that's all I'm going to say right now. I got to pick up my pizza. So, thanks for listening. And I'll be back again. Obviously. Thanks.
Hey everybody, um, it's Friday morning, I'm driving to work, and I think this is going to go at the end of, um, at the end of an episode that I previously recorded about depression, and, uh, how that relates to Neville Goddard stuff, um, basically is what I was trying to do with that episode, um, talk about how watching your thoughts, once you start watching them, you start to see these patterns that emerging, start emerging where your outside is mirroring the inside, and, um, I don't know what I'm gonna say any more about that right now, I kinda just wanted to record a end episode to it. Um, I I guess I'll say this because I was thinking this. Lately I've been going through waters socially in my life. So by waters, I mean uh, the waters of life. Um, and I guess energy is, but I've been going through social energies within myself, um, and giving myself social circumstances that are, uh, highly reactive for me and, um, haven't gone well, actually. Um, stuff just didn't work out right. And, um, just, it was really frustrating, and, um, yeah, like, um, and, I don't, I don't know, I feel like I'm not being specific enough, but basically, like, there's a group of people I really looked up to, um, and then I met them, and I just got the same vibes for myself I had gotten, um, at all the other social stuff I'd gone to in my life, which is kind of this, like, I'm really awkward, and I don't speak well, and then, um, I, and I feel like everyone's looking at me like I'm a weirdo, and I realized that by engaging socially, um, I was serving myself up another test, basically, another lesson, another experience to say, hey, you're all right. It's your mind that's doing this to you. Because how could, you know, how could the same feeling come up with two completely different groups of people with two completely different belief systems, completely different life experiences? Why would it be the same feeling of you're not acceptable, you know, you're not a loser to me, me, myself feeling that everybody's thinking this about me or saying this about me. Um, It has to be within me. And my reactions that I'm observing in them, it has to be, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. Even if somebody does say something, how often is it direct? Very little is it, very little is it direct. Very little often, (laughs) very... And, uh, not very often. 
is a direct. And um, I don't I don't hang out with people at all, really. Um, and I think that's probably. not a healthy thing um usually it goes pretty poorly so even at work and stuff even even at work I'm very quiet and I'm always quiet uh, I'd rather not talk because talking usually embarrasses me um so you know taking the most treasured things of myself and putting them into a group social setting like my songwriting and uh, this podcast, um, and associating that with my face, um, highly triggering, it's been highly triggering for me, and that's a really good thing, um, and that's what I'm talking about, with all that, with this, that whole episode, I guess, and I, I think that's, and I guess that's what I mean when I say, like, your life experiences mirror reality. I don't necessarily mean you can lift up a car with your mind. Although I do think, I don't know, I don't think that's necessarily outside the realm of possibility. That sounds nuts, but I think if somebody had been training in reality, moving or shifting for a really long time and were really good at it, maybe that kind of thing is possible. I don't know. I guess there's Buddhist teachers who said you could walk through walls and stuff like that. So, um, but I'm just at the, uh, <laughs> know you're okay in a social setting step. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, if you're here with me listening and you've, especially, yeah, like just, yeah, if you're here listening, thanks. know that I appreciate it a lot. Like, it means a lot to me because it means that what I, what I say actually could mean something to somebody, I guess, if you're listening. So that's a good feeling to have. Um, and it's waters that I'm walking through right now. Maybe I won't be walking through much in the future. I mean, that'd be really awesome if I could get past it and just be like, yeah. I'm an okay person, just like everyone else. Uh, and then I can listen better to people and tone down my own chatter. Um, Cause it would follow that if I'm feeling this that everybody else goes through it too and um, it's just reality feels very real but then stuff happens and you're like this can't be real I don't know. That's I guess that's the way I do things is I just kind of like 
I give myself a specific thing that's going to be difficult for me and then I walk into it and it is difficult to do like showing somebody yeah showing somebody your art uh, you know it's easy to hide it's easy to hide behind a job where uh, everything is chosen for you and you don't have any responsibility basically I mean you have responsibility but you know the more uh, process oriented you can make your responsibilities the better so it's like well there's, there's a way to do this and I just follow these instructions and then if I follow the instructions I won't get in trouble nobody ever get mad at me and um, and I can stay part of the group I can feel like I'm doing something helpful and beneficial um, you know that's how work is it's like this is what you do you do it in this way and if you follow these rules then it's okay but this morning I pulled a oracle card or tarot card I guess oracle tarot oracle, it was an oracle card um, from the Oracle of the Radiant Sun deck and it was choice it was like choice you have a choice can you make choices because you do have choices you have a choice in your reality you can stay in relative safety or what seems like safety but not be happy at all or you can take a risk and see what happens you can <laughs> take that little step and see what happens episode I record for a while, maybe not, if I'm, probably will be the last episode though of this season since I finished reading Charles Eisenstein book, Eisenstein's book, um, I'm glad I was able to finish that, so if you did listen to all the Eisenstein book episodes, maybe you have a more clear idea of why I believe things are the way they are, and why I make the decisions I make, and why I started recording this podcast, etc., um, I wish I... There's part of me that's like... I should have just taken excerpts out of the book. But it's like you don't get the whole gamut of understanding. And I just kind of listen to podcasts too just to like... feel like I have a friend. So, um... Like, I don't don't know. It's nice to have a friend read a book to you, I guess. I might end up taking them down. Although... He does release his books on Creative Commons, but I do feel weird about reading somebody else's um, writing a lot on my podcast because it's not my content and it's not my ideas. 
Um, but anyways, I do. I, I'm thinking about maybe just um, recording conversations with my wife and I, <laughs> or possibly. I don't know. We'll see. I was thinking possibly my kids, but I don't know if I'm going to do that. There's a good chance I won't do that. Although, my kids are really interesting people. I just kind of want to protect their privacy a little bit. Um, Maybe an episode with my brother coming up here. That'd be really cool. So, anyways, I don't... I might do... I know I promised a Neville Goddard episode, and I promised... I think... I think I will do a Neville Goddard episode here. Um, But really, Neville Goddard just says that the basis of reality is love. He says a lot of stuff that Charles Eisenstein says. Um, It's very similar. And... I gotta say, I think the Neville Goddard tactics work. I think I'll, I'll probably do, in the Neville Goddard episode, I'll go over a lot of those imaginal techniques, which I learned from Noah Lampert's podcast, Synchronicity. Um, and I think he has, like, an episode, it's like Imagination 101 or something like that. It was a while ago that he released it, but he really explains it really well. And um, if you want to learn more about him, I really recommend... I'll talk about going over there. I'll talk about my own experience with it, um, on that Neville Goddard episode, but maybe today. Maybe I'll do it at lunchtime here. But anyways, thanks for listening. I appreciate and love all of you very much. And I'm very grateful for every little listen. So thanks. Bye.